When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 71 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Dwayne Steinel, your host. Uh, Johnny Cullen will be joining us soon. Uh, he's on his way home. We're just getting started without him. Uh, but we're joined by a special guest tonight. Uh, he'll be on with us shortly. Uh, we're just going to recap the previous week uh, in everything hockey uh, before we bring him on. Special guest. Uh, you know, obviously, we had uh, the NHL draft uh, almost two weeks ago. Um, where you saw a lot of young men realize their dreams of playing in the NHL, getting drafted in the NHL. Well, one of those kids uh, is a Williamsville, New York native, uh, you know, uh, Chase Clark, goaltender, drafted in the sixth round, uh, number uh, 183rd overall, uh, stands at six foot six, 200 pounds, played in the USPHL this past season uh, for the uh, Jersey Hitmen, won a championship with them. Um, and the National Collegiate Development Conference Founders Cup for the best regular season record in the league. So uh, they had a phenomenal year this past season. He's also a uh, alumni of the Buffalo Junior Sabres. Uh, agreed to come on with us. Uh, he's we're super stoked. He's super stoked and super proud that uh, you know he was you know taken in the sixth round uh, you know by the Washington Capitals. Uh, I believe uh, you know friend of the program, previous guest uh, Olaf Kolzig. Uh, he will still uh, be one of the development coaches there, uh, overseeing his development, which is exciting because, uh, you know, Guy is an absolute stud. Um, former Vezina Trophy winner, Oli is uh, just a, an absolute beauty. So, but, you know, there's a lot to talk about, especially here in Sabres land. Obviously, uh, uh, I touched on it in the uh, last episode of I'll Hang Up and Listen. We had, uh, you know, the statement from Jack Eichel's agents um, and then the interview done with uh, – Chad uh, Pr- as a Pressmack, I think his name was, uh, done on 31 Thoughts with uh, Elliot Freeman and uh, Jeff Merrick, um, where, you know, it just all really seemed orchestrated, <laughs> to be honest, uh, you know, something that was pre-planned uh, by maybe Eichel's agents uh, to have this interview done with the neurosurgeon out of, out of Colorado that Jack went and saw for a second opinion, who suggests the uh, disc replacement uh, procedure uh, instead of the disc fusion. Uh, which is what the Sabres want to have done. And, you know, they really did 
change my mind. Not not that my mind needed to be changed. I'd always want to Jack to you know, get the procedure done, even though I saw you know, why the Sabers were hesitant, and, you know, in letting him get that done. It's an uh, it's a procedure that's never been performed on an NHL uh, player before. Uh, but after listening to the interview, I said, yeah, just let him get the disc replacement. You know, it's got a very high success rate, uh, 4.8%. Uh, only 4.8% of the time have they ever had to go, on, go in for a second uh, procedure uh, to fix anything. So, you know, the success rate is very high on this procedure, and it would lead to Jack uh, living a more, like, a, a better quality of life during and beyond hockey, which is, I think, one of his biggest concerns. And I think we anybody's concern is wanting to have a better quality of life. Uh, and it sounds like the disc replacement procedure is the way to go. To, to to get that uh, to, to, to get that and maintain that in the long term whereas I think it was mentioned that 25% of the time with the disc fusion you uh, you have to go in a second time within 10 years of having the procedure done and so there's been some instances where you're having two three four surgeries uh, by the time you're a grandfather you know and you're obviously you're probably not living a very pain-free life. So I agree. You want to get let him get the disc replacement surgery. Another thing that came up though is you know it popped up on Twitter too was uh, at the Warrior uh, the Warrior Arena in Boston. We've seen a lot of video of Jack Eichel doing some on ice training. Now I know there's been a lot of speculation around this. Like why is he skating? Like if he's so hurt, why is he skating? I'm pretty sure he's been skating now for like a month. Uh, I forget if it was Darren Drager or Elliot Freeman first uh, reported it on the instigators here in Buffalo. He's been skating for a little while now. Um, I'm assuming that he's allowed to do a lot of non-contact stuff, uh, stuff that doesn't really involve like any uh, risk of injury. Obviously, outside if he falls or something along those lines, obviously that is risky. Um, I'm not sure. You know, it didn't sound like Kevin Adams was really aware that he was out skating on his own. Um, there seriously sounds like there's a lot of disconnect. Uh, between uh, Saber, the Sabers and Jack Eichel's camp, still to even after you know beyond these statements that were made by the agents, just to go over those sta- that statement again too. Uh, I'll read it off here uh, from um, you know uh, Peter Fish and uh, Peter Donatelli, uh, Jack Eichel's agents. Uh, the process is not working as previously stated. We fully anticipated trade by the start of the NHL free agency period after the agreed upon and prescribed period for conservative rehabilitation lapse in early June, 2021. It was determined by the Sabres medical staff that a surgical procedure was required. The recommendation by Jack's independent neurosurgeon, other spine specialists consulted and the surgery Jack feels most comfortable having in order to correct a herniated disc in his neck is to proceed with artificial disc replacement surgery. A further point of concern is that our camp was initially under the impression the Sabre specialist was in agreement with the artificial disc replacement surgery until that was no longer the case. What is being left out of the discussion is that Jack would be able to play in the NHL for the start of the season pending medical clearance if he were allowed to have the surgery he desires as of this date. Repeated requests have been made to the Sabres since early June to no avail. The process is stopping Jack from playing in the NHL, and it is not working. Uh, Peter Fish and Peter Donatelli. So, you know, again, it just seems just like just a ton of disconnect. It's an absolute shit show uh, going on right now down at uh, Key Bank Center. Um, and it just, it just, you know, the just keeps pointing in the direction of Jack Eichel no longer being a Buffalo Sabre. 
um, in the near future, you know, whenever that is. Personally, I think it's the Sabres' best interest to let him get the surgery. And if you do indeed intend on trading him, let him start the season in Buffalo. I know people think it'll be a distraction, but if you want to maximize your return, I think you just need to show the league that he's healthy and performing at a high level. I think that's the best way to get a return, but that is just my opinion. I am no professional. I am not an agent. I am not a general manager. That's just me giving my just unbiased opinion. Another thing, too, is obviously we all know the Evander Kane situation in San Jose, which is very, getting very, very ugly. Uh, a few days ago, Evander Kane's future soon-to-be ex-wife, uh, who seems very frustrated in either, A, the divorce proceedings, or, you know, obviously it seems like his house is being foreclosed on or taken by the bank. She's pregnant. They already have a child, and she's accusing him of essentially being a really bad father, you know, can't afford to put diapers on his kids, not making time, uh, you know, not making time uh, to even FaceTime his daughter. Just a very, very, very sticky situation uh, going on, you know, down up in San Jose with uh, Evander Kane. And, you know, he, he came out with a statement uh, to, uh, you know, uh, actually just to read, uh, the statement, you know, allegations made by the wife here. This looks to be an email from Evander Kane to him, assuming his wife or future ex-wife. Good morning. As we have discussed recently, I will be coming to see Kensington on August 8th and 9th as agreed. There will be no change in that plan. Also, I please ask you to leave a house key to the Richland property when you move out in the next day or two under the mat at the front door as the realtor who is selling the property needs access to show it. Also, please leave the keys to my green G-Wagon in the house and have the car parked in the garage when you leave. Thanks for your cooperation in advance, Evander Kane. Um, she posted this picture, said, this is what the addiction, this is when the addiction is more important than anyone and everything. My heart goes out to anyone who has to deal with loved ones addicted to anything in the any form who put that before their own family, please everyone keep praying for us because this guy is going to make my life hell. So he can party, be around hundreds of people, then want to come around me and our daughter and expose us to COVID or anything else he has. I wouldn't wish this pain on any or any of this on anyone. This is a living nightmare. Uh, and then she went on further to post this to her Instagram. So you leave July 8th. You do not call or text at all for seven days. When you inform me you are going to Europe for a vacation, must be nice. But at the same time, tell me our house is being taken by the bank. But do not come home to help your pregnant wife pack or help her with anything at all. You have enough money to party and stay in hotels in Europe, go to dinners every night, but I can't buy my daughter formula. You force me to sell my wedding ring to have any money to survive as you party every day, every night, never calling your daughter and never asking, not even one time how I'm doing myself. I don't know if there are even words to describe the kind of evil person that you are to abandon your wife who is pregnant with your son and your one-year-old daughter who walked around the house with her bunny saying, Dada, for a week looking for you. Didn't post don't post old pictures like your home or like you're with her. Everyone knows the type of person you are. She goes on further. How does the NHL let a compulsive gambling addict still play when he's obviously throwing games with bookies to win money? Hmm, maybe someone should address this. This is the accusation that he's 
essentially betting on games that he's playing. Uh, at NHL, can someone ask Gary Batman how they can let a player gamble on his own games? Bet the NHL, bet and win with book own games, bet and win with bookies on his own games. So extreme allegations there from the ex-wife. Um, not a very good look for Evander Kane, literally at all. Um, and he then went on to make a statement of his own uh, against apparently the wishes of his attorneys. Unfortunately, I would like to address the completely false accusations that my estranged wife and soon-to-be ex-wife has made against me. Even against the advice of my legal team, I feel strongly that the public and fans hear this directly from me. I have never gambled bet on hockey, never gambled bet on a Sharks game, never bet gambled bet on any of my games and never thrown a hockey game. The facts are I personally had a best season of my career last year and was the most consistent I've played throughout any season. I am proud of that. I love the game of hockey and would never do any of what was alleged. I look forward to cooperating fully with the league's investigation, having my name cleared and looking forward to this upcoming season. It's funny how the league is willing to uh, launch a full investigation into this, but you have witnesses and so much evidence against Bradley Aldrich and the sexual assault cover-up against the Blackhawks players and the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, you know, uh, accusations made against Bradley Aldrich where he went on after he left the organization after he was accused by players and staff of sexually assaulting Blackhawks players. And that was swept under a rug. And then he goes on to his next job and sexually assaults a 17 year old player for a high school team he coached. But apparently there isn't enough evidence to investigate all that, even though there's witnesses willing to come forward it was considered an open secret. Just, I don't even want to get too deep into that because that's a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down, but it's just disgusting that that wasn't good enough to be investigated by the NHL, but this is even though this is a severe accusation made by the ex-wife. Also, second statement, with recent allegations that my ex-wife chose to make public, I want to clear clearly respond as follows. I love my daughter. I will and always have taken care of my daughter in every way possible. I have always made sure her mother has had everything she's needed and more. I have tried to de-escalate our divorce issues and be as civil and calm as anyone in this position could. I've tried to set up a FaceTime calls and visits with her. I have had some FaceTime calls, but not every day as I would like to because of being restricted by her mom. She has refused to see she she has refused me to see her and unfortunately tried to use my daughter as leverage. I will continue as always to take care of my family. That goes without question. I would encourage people to realize that someone who goes to this length to try and jeopardize someone's career with lies and is mentally unwell. That's a bad bold statement to make, you know, calling your wife mentally unwell, who's pregnant with your, your second born. That's, that's something you just don't do. That's a bad look. I hope this is the last time I will publicly be addressing any further misrepresentations of me as a father. And then he posts, and then there's you know pictures on his Twitter of him with his daughter, yada, yada, yada. We already know, listen, we us here in Buff, we already know the type of person, uh, you know, Evander Kane is, he's not that great of a dude. Um, very, very, very shady. So this is really with no surprise. Um, he's not a great dude. Uh, he's, this is not his first rodeo, uh, with being a bad dude. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Uh, cause I know that if these allegations are determined to be true, that the sharks are able to, uh, terminate his contract. And we're joined here by, uh, Washington Capitals goaltending prospect, uh, played last season with, uh, the Jersey Hitmen won a championship with them 
And uh, I believe it's the, uh, as I'm reading here, National Collegiate Development Conference Founders Cup for best regular season record in the league, joined by Chase Clark. Buddy, how the hell are you doing? How are you feeling? Future NHL goalie here, going to work with an absolute beauty in Olaf Kolzig. I don't know if you've talked to him yet or not, but he's actually been on the show with us. Uh, I'm, I think he's still with the organization. Uh, absolute wagon up down there in uh, Washington. How are you feeling? I am amazing. You know, that day was, it was just a dream come true. I just, I, I can't believe in, you know, seeing my name up there. Oh, that's, that's great to hear about it. It's just, you know, obviously I never really played a crazy high level of hockey. You know, I played a little junior college, but you know, I was never gifted the size that you kids have these days. Like I mentioned yeah. before we brought you on, I don't know if my, my mom smoked while she was pregnant or something <laughs> stunted my growth <laughs> dramatically, or I'm just an average, you know, average size back then. But like you kids, man, it's just like, it's just like, they're just hit 18, 19 years old, six foot two and bigger. It's just, it's wild to see how much the game has changed. Cause I felt like I was the average size of a goaltender back when I played Cully too, five foot 10. Uh, he has, he has a pretty good story about how at uh, his, um, at the combine, he put on like eight pairs of socks when they did all his measurements to try and make himself get himself up to six foot, try yeah. to get himself up to six foot. And they tried, and then they told him that uh, he had to do his measurements without his shoes on or uh, oh, on. So he has to go to the bathroom to take off eight pairs of socks. <laughs> it's funny. It's a funny story, you know, but I get it, man. You gotta, you gotta try and give yourself any advantage you can, but uh, you know, you know, I'll, I'll tell that story now so he doesn't tell it later because he, lo- he loves to talk about himself. Yeah. You know, I'll get my sh- I'll get my shots in now when he's not on the air. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, no, so, so obviously, like I said, uh, you know, how did you receive the news? Like, you know, who called you? Who did you speak to? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, just kind of, you know, throughout the season, I was, you know, I was getting attention. And then uh, when I went up to Tri-City, that's when, you know, I really started getting a lot of attention there. And then started getting Zoom calls and, you know, calls right after the season you know, just getting, you know, attention more and more towards the draft and kind of talk to my advisory. You know, I kind of knew, you know, obviously I'm not going first round. I kind of, you know, knew that I had a chance, yeah. but I, I didn't know, you know, this was going to happen. So I actually went on like a, you know, hour and a half bike ride in the morning just to kind of get my mind off of it. You know, just I didn't want to keep on seeing my name not there and just, you know, kind of waste the time just sitting around. So, you know, I had to go do something. I came back. And like 20 minutes, you know, went upstairs, took a shower, came back, sat, sat on the couch for about 10 minutes. And I saw my note, name up there. And I was just, I just couldn't believe it. That's amazing, man. So did any, now did anybody from the organization call you immediately? Was it a lot? Did you have to wait a little bit? Like who, who was it that reached out to you? Yeah. First it was uh, the scout that I talked to the most, AJ. And then um, Ross called me, the goalie, you know, all the, both of the goalie coaches texted me and, uh, yeah, Brooks Orpitz called me. Well, a lot awesome. of guys call me too. Brooks, he's a, he's a local guy too, isn't he? Yeah, that's yep. awesome. That's awesome. Uh, now, is is Ole still with the organization? Uh, as of last year, he was. Um, oh. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, a development, either development coach or a goalie yeah. coach. I know, I know, he did a lot. I think he's a part owner of. Um, when you said Tri City, I'd have to look into mm-hmm. that, but I think he's like a part owner of one of those yeah. uh, those junior hockey organizations. Uh, he, mm-hmm. He's best friends with Byron Defoe, uh, uh, former uh, Boston and LA Kings goaltender Byron Defoe. We actually had them both on. Um, funny story, they actually both they were they they were 
best men at each other's weddings and they got into a fight during in, in a game <laughs> each other, fought each other yeah, yeah funny that's stuff hockey. that's hockey yeah man Ole is an absolute beauty you know his story is pretty cool he's one of the very first really big goaltenders they called him godzilla he had godzilla painted on his mask he he stole the vesna from dominic hashik one year yeah uh, i wouldn't say i wouldn't say he stole it he, he deserved it but yeah uh, former vesna goaltending uh goaltender there's actually a really dope hockey card of him out there when he was sitting on the bench and somebody gave him a hot dog and they wrote olaf and uh mustard <laughs> and they took a picture of it and they gave him yeah. a hockey card he's like if i would have known that this was gonna be on a hockey card i would never agree to take this picture <laughs> good dude he's a real 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 good dude so uh you'll learn a lot from him if he is still with the organization i, I reached out to him uh it's tough to get a hold of him but uh mm. i reached out to him let him know you're having you on uh you know hopefully he gets back to me at some point but uh you know i'm sure he's stoked to have you too so you know again there's one thing you can't teach man it's size and you have it 202 yeah. pounds is from what i read last 202 pounds six foot six so yeah. uh you know What's uh you know what was obviously your last season uh, with the Jersey Hitman? You posted a 1.92 goals against in 22 games, 9.35 save percentage, absolutely unreal numbers, man. So like, you know, what was the transition from when you played with the Junior Sabers? Obviously, I mentioned uh you know leading into this before we brought you on your Buffalo Junior Sabers alumni. What was the transition like? Obviously, going from the OJ the uh the OJ into uh jersey with a is it the us usphl correct yes yes, yes, yes. And then, what, was, uh, what was that transition like uh transition so i actually started off with the omaha lancers in the beginning of the year okay. because i made the i made the team from uh their main camp and about two weeks in i got a concussion and then you know they sent me home and i spent about you know two three weeks at home and i got a call from you know toby harris and you know i gotta thank him for giving me the opportunity but yeah, it was definitely, I could definitely tell us, you know, was, things were a little bit faster, plays, you know, a little bit more um, open, definitely say a little bit more offensive, but yeah, it was, you know, it was definitely a jump, I would definitely say. Well, I mean, you handled it pretty well. Like I said, your numbers, you know, improved dramatically from playing with uh, the Junior Sabres and the OJ to, you know, when you went over the jer- into Jersey, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what was, again, like, you know, what was the experience like just obviously playing there? You know, what was, you know, what was, a, what was the toughest thing obviously outside of maybe the speed or just the, like the higher uh, offensive you know, skill level? Like what was the big hardest thing for you to adjust to? For me, it was, so I actually, I've always been, you know, the worst teams. I don't know who told my, you know, my dad heard that Ryan Miller was always on, you know, the bottom team, worst team. So I was always on, you know, one of the bottom teams growing up. I played actually a year in Lockport Regals, and that was an experience. Um, you know, Junior Beacon, you know, 50, 60 shots a game. My most shots I ever had was 87. You got to love it, though, dude, don't you? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially yeah. if you know – I'm like the I'm the type of guy, if I know we're going to get pumped, yeah, dude, put 100 shots on me. Like, whatever. It's like a skating shoot yeah. at that point. Yeah, no, it's it's the opportunity to make those big saves because you know you're going to get them, and you know, like, you know, to win that, you know, you got to be staying on your head. But no, going into for you know Jersey, I really learned how to win. That's you know one of the biggest things I really learned. You know, learned there was learn how to really win and be consistent. It's, you know, the mental side of the game, staying you know staying in the game. Yeah, you know, there's gonna be times. There's always you know a couple games where you're only gonna get you know around 20 shots. But you know those those 20 shots, you, you got to be you know on point. Yeah, and like I said, it's not like you had a bad record with the, with the Junior Sabers. You were twelve eight and one. Um, like you said, though, you were you were getting pumped. You were getting pumped, you know, nightly. 
Uh, you know, again, in 24 games, you had a 900 save percentage, but uh, your goals against dramatically took a big dip going from, you know, mm-hmm. with the junior Sabres with the Hitmen. Uh, and then you played three games with the Tri-City Storm. Uh, obviously, numbers dipped a little bit, but that's probably expected. Another big jump for you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from the USPHL to the USHL, which, you know, not even arguably the best junior hockey league in the, in the country. So, mm-hmm. you know, you come in, you're having a phenomenal season. What was that experience like playing with Tri-City in the USHL? It was it was amazing. Uh, you know, I'm still thankful for the opportunity, and I'm I'm going to be heading back there. You know, this season. But yeah, the three th- three games I got, um, we were resting a lot of our top players because we are we were already the first seed, so we were, we were really you know resting our top players. And then you know we, I was going against the other teams who were who were fighting for the playoff spot. You know, fighting to make the playoffs. You know, because every every at that point, you know, every point mattered. So you no, know, it was it was amazing. You know, going against. NHL, you know, draft picks, like, you know, mm-hmm. hearing these guys, their names, you know, being thrown around in the locker room and stuff, saying you see what, you know, what he did and stuff like that. So it was, it was an incredible experience. That's awesome. So, like, what was the – like, how long – now, like, you know, obviously it was two years ago you were with the Junior Sabres, you know. What was it like that first that first year away from home? Uh, so I actually lived out – so I'm from – you know, I'm from Buffalo. So, yep. yeah, I lived – Actually, the, my first year moving away was um, when I went up to the GTHL and played for the Toronto um, Toronto Nationals. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I moved up there. Um, my minor major year had a really good year. Um, I actually got the top prospect game. That um, yeah, a lot, a lot of big names were. You know, the first overall draft pick was in that name or your game. He was actually on my team, but yeah, I got the MVP of that game and. I got drafted by Flint that year, so it was, it was a really good year. But, no, I, I love, you know, getting away from home. It's just, you know, all I do is just focus on hockey. You know, there's really nothing else to do, so, I you know, I love it. And, finally, Johnny Cullen joins us. Got over there to Leisure Rinks, uh, coaching the next goaltenders of uh, America. Johnny, how the hell are you? Uh, I can't talk because I've coached 24 hours the past three days. But that's probably a good thing, right? So, um, thanks for having me. Sorry to make you guys late. Uh, <laughs> it's all right, Chase, big congrats to you, man. You, you earned this. Um, like we were just talking about it off camera, I got the chance to meet Chase last uh, summer in Erie when COVID was going on. He couldn't skate here. And just to see his dedication and his commitment level. And, and you, you always have that, you have to have that physical ability. A lot, a lot of guys do, and so so proud of uh, you getting drafted. <laughs> Excited to see what's next. Thank you. Yeah, yeah but as you were uh, mentioning earlier before we brought you on, Chase, you know, you did a, a pretty cool uh, piece with the Buffalo News with uh, Lance Lyasowski. Was mm-hmm. that who was that interview? Yep. Uh, you know, he you meant you mentioned earlier that you, you took that bike ride. I just want to you know, pull a few quotes here. The 19-year-old from Williamsville was ranked by an NHL Central scouting as a 23rd North American goalie in the draft class, but he wasn't certain if his name would be called by one of the league's 32 teams. Rather than making July 24th a painstaking afternoon inside his family's home, Chase chose to, 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 to take a bike ride. It's not in his nature to sit idle. When the 90-minute outdoor excursion was complete and Clark arrived at home to watch the final rounds of the draft with his mother, Carrie, a glance at the league's broadcast delivered the news. Clark, a six foot six, 200 pound goaltender 
and alumnus of the Buffalo Junior Sabres, was drafted in the sixth round, number 183 overall by the Washington Capitals. Quote, it's a dream come true, Chase said during that recent phone interview with the Buffalo News. It wasn't long ago that Clark was unsure where he would play last season. A concussion suffered during camp with the United States Hockey League's Omaha Lancers cost Clark a roster spot and forced him to find a new team. This led Clark to join the Jersey Hitman at the National Collegiate Development Conference, where he proved to NHL scouts that he had the talent to be considered a future pro. You know, hearing you tell me a story, hearing him tell the story, and like I said, I've always loved to hear these, you know, these local kids, and I, like I said, we like to try and bring them on when we can, that, you know, these success stories, and again, to, to read that in the Buffalo News from a guy like Lance, and just, you know, to see how difficult your journey was to get to where you are, as Cully said, you did all the things, you did all the right things, you did it the right way, you worked your ass off, so dude, again, congratulations on just getting here, and, you know, taking this next step, and going back to Tri-City and then uh, further in your career, obviously I'm assuming you're going to be joining them with development camp this next in the off season. Yeah. So I got a report to camp, I think uh, the 29th for Tri-City and uh, Washington didn't have their uh, <clears throat> development camp just because of COVID. I actually believe the only two teams that had it were uh, the Maple Leafs and the Bruins. Okay. Interesting. You know how COVID has changed everything. No doubt though that you'll attend uh, this coming off season, and you know, it could be a blessing in disguise, right? Get a year in the U show under your belt, get in there and, and turn some heads. So, uh, excited to get down to Tri City, though. Yeah, very excited. It's you know, I, I've been putting a lot of work in this off season. You know, I've you know really started just focus on uh, you know working on Strive Sports Performance on clearance, uh, just working with Will there, just really work on the hips, the groins, legs, core. That's that's all we've been really working on. You know, working on the hand-eye stuff, making me a better athlete. Like, you know, I've been putting on the work this offseason. I just – I can't wait to get the season started. It, it shows. I've seen it firsthand, Dwayne. Clarkies came out to a couple of our 5-on-5 pro skates and is just dynamite. You know, he, he's able to use that six – what are you, 6'6"? Six, six? Yep, 6'6", six, six, yeah. But he plays like, he plays like a little goalie in the, in the way that he moves. I heard he stole a couple. I heard he stole a couple points from you in the FHL the other night, huh? I'm still sour about that. <laughs> Your team was stacked. You had AHL guys. You got Quinn Musty first overall. You know OHL draft pick, and I got. Well, it's just yeah. a perfect example of what I was trying to say. His ability to get cross crease, you know, tracking pucks, and just being that that X factor. Um, which is obviously a lot with open Washington's eyes, but um, congrats again. Just uh, what are you looking for most? Uh, look forward to most about Tri City. I just just gain, you know, getting out there and playing, you know, just being honestly, just kind of being with everybody. Like you know, when I was there for uh, the at the end of the season, the last couple of months, you know, I, really everybody welcomed me like family. You know, they really have that family culture and. You know, the head coach, Anthony Noreen, got to give him hats off to that. Like, he really knows how to create that atmosphere, and it's, it's amazing. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And you feel it day one. Yeah. You either have it or you don't. A lot of teams try to and fake it, but I'm really excited for you to get down there. Yep, yeah, me too. Dwayne, I know this is hilarious for you. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like a 90-year-old guy. He sounds like a 90-year-old smoker trying to <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> he's 
got done ripping six darts before you came into the rink. <laughs> I can't even say it. Lay off the darts, Cully. Jesus. <laughs> nah, so, on, you know, going, uh, Chase, going through COVID, obviously, you know, in, in, in Jersey, you know, what was that experience like? Obviously, what were the protocols in place? You know, how did they guys, how did they keep you guys safe and just healthy throughout the year? And then obviously, like we said before, you there was a big jump, you know, in your, you know, statistically what you did in the OJ to what you did in the USPHL, you know, with your with the Jersey Hitmen. Like what was what was done? Were you was there was it eat was it was it better for your game to at least stay focused and concentrate, maybe focus on things instead of having those distractions of the outside world going out, you know. Being, a, being an 18-year-old kid, you know, was it easier to focus on your game? Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. So the league actually really did a really good job. Like, you know, they really want to make sure that we were playing games. There's, a, you know, one point where, you know, all the states, you know, got back down to lockdowns. You know, they were shutting down the ranks, and we were actually playing. We played, like, six games outside, you know, regular season games outside. It was it was an experience, so you it was honestly a, another dream come true. You know, you're playing outside, you know, you get the snow coming down, like, you know, one, one of the classics, it was, it was amazing. But yeah, after, after that, that was at the towards the end of Christmas. And then um, our league actually moved down in a bubble in Florida, which I couldn't believe, you know, you know, staying at the Saddlebrook resort, it was, it was so much fun. The bubble. That was actually what we just heard was actually an improvement. <laughs> you just, dude, you sounded like a cyborg, Cully, and now he's frozen. No, no, but I, but I heard, but I heard that that bubble the NCDC was 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 a really well put on event. A lot of the leagues tried and, and failed. They were able to pull pull it off. So you know, kudos to them. And, and you were able to obviously get, get get some games in. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was really amazing. I, you know, I gotta give credits to. You know, Jim Hunt, who has a lot to do with the league, and, you know, Bob Turrell, the, the commissioner of the league, really hosting that event. You know, we played, I think it was 22 regular season games. And, uh, yeah, we were practicing you know, almost almost every single day when we didn't have games. But, yeah, they did a really good job with that. One one thing I wanted to note, and, it, and for all the young listeners, there's there's no one right path to get to the NHL or to get to college hockey. And I think Chase is a great example of that. You know, there's been some ups, there's been some downs. But at the end of the day, you know, you hear your name called by, by, by the commissioner. And it's a great example to all the young kids out there. So, I mean, just a couple clicks for the kid. Thank couple you. clicks, Thank couple you. clicks. Actually, speaking of that, one of the downs when you when you sustained that concussion with Omaha, and you know you lost that spot, uh, you know as 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 you mentioned, you know what was that like? You know how were you able to kind of like refocus and get right back on track? You know because obviously that's a big letdown. Uh, yeah. But you know how good you are. You know what you're capable of. You know was it difficult to kind of like refocus and rebrand yourself and put yourself right back on track to you know moving forward. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, once once a concussion kind of, you know, kind of you, you take it day by day. But, you know, once I, I kind of knew that, like, you know, all the all the symptoms were over, it was just right back to work. Just, you know, I kind of knew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe not be in the U.S. It was probably the best thing for me because, you know, if I would have made Omaha, you know, I would have been battling for that number one spot against, you know, Dobis, who was one of the, you know, I think it was the. Yeah. He was a star. 
yeah, he he was, you know, he was drafted the year before by the Canadians and you know, he was definitely their guy, but it was it was probably the best thing to happen just just you know, it's just going to, you know, it's just how you, you know, deal with adversity and just I don't know, you just got to got to look at a positive side of it and just take, you know, take the good with the bad and just, you know, keep your head down and just keep on working. He's I kind of knew, you know, at the end of the day, if you just put in the work, good things will happen and you have that That's mindset. Great. Good things will happen. Yeah, Toby Harris still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, so Toby yeah, recruited right. me back in the day. Great guy. I love to hear that he's still with the Hitmen. Uh, yeah. Speaking of adversity, you, the, you played for the Regals, Nagoji, the only American team notorious for for you know getting outshot fifty to ten. Talk a little bit about how that. Going from from there to the Junior Sabers, how that prepared you now for where you're at in the success you're having. Yeah, no, so um, definitely going from you know I was you know 15, 16 playing against you know 19, 20 year old you know 20 year old guys. It was definitely XOHLers. Yeah, yeah, a lot of you know XOHL guys. Um, they have a lot of farm teams there um, in the Goge too. But yeah, just seeing those shots, seeing the faster speed, it was it was definitely. I definitely feel like for me, it was definitely the right decision instead of going, you know, play another, you know, Triple A again. Um, but you know, going from there, it was you know getting used to the speed and stuff. I was still, you know, I was only like six two, six three at the time. I, you know, I, I was only. a as well. No, fuck off, only. <laughs> I was only six foot three. Oh yeah, that I was kind of short. Yeah. No, I wanted to bring up something because Dwayne showed me last show about the the GTHL, just how good of a league it is. Um, mm -hmm. How that ended up coming about? How'd you get in with the, the Nets? So yeah, there is uh just just a guy who um I did a, a tournament out in Vegas called the Desert Cup, who saw me out there. Then I so I I I have always played in Canadian League, playing for the Buffalo Regals in the SCTA. And sprain hockey, it was the sprain hockey. I've all, always go up there for sprain hockey and, you know, playing against, you know, the best kids. And I, you know, I've always had that ability. Like, I love those big games, those big moments. And, I, I you know, I kind of I kind of thrive, you know, from that feeling. And so, you know, those playing those big games and kind of stealing those games kind of helped me, you know, make a spot for me with the Nats. And once I get up there, again, just not focusing on hockey all the time. <laughs> Froze again. It's a great answer because Dwayne chirped me for bringing up the GTHL as being the mini OHL. So I'm very happy to hear you. I don't you think I chirped you for that. I don't think I chirped no, you. I, I, I agree with that. Go David. back to the tape. You chirped. Go me. back to the. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to the tape. Sure. You know, I, I chirp you for talking, not putting the yearbook away. I don't know if I talked to you about the G though. Uh, well, uh, you, you know, we gotta wrap things up here, uh, Chase. But one of the things I definitely wanted to ask you is, like, when you're not when you're not on the rink, when you're when you're away from the ice, how do you keep busy, bud? Like, you know, you know, you're you're still a kid. You're 19 years old. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would I wouldn't give to be 19 again. You know what what I would change about my life? But you know, what's Chase, the 19 year old kid, do away from the rinks? Play more hockey. I mean, I, I've always I've always played hockey. So growing up, I've always played goalie and. You know, when I, whenever I was bored when I was younger, just go on the driveway, I would just stick Yo. handle pucks, shoot pucks. And I actually played high school hockey as a defenseman. You know, I still, you know, that's all I do still. It's just Dude. goalie and player. 
I, I got a roller buddy, game. Buddy, buddy came out to our five-on-five college game as a player, and I Cully got a little upset because I wasn't. I didn't get any heads up, but he's not bad. He, he moves pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I have a roller hockey game here at nine, and I, I haven't played goalie and roller like I used to all the time. I, I, I It's different for your hips, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, you don't have that ability to slide or, you know, transit. Just the movements are so much different. It's it's a lot of stress on your hips, especially at my age. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm 33, but it's just, you know, I, I just prefer to. So I just play D. I'm a lockdown. I, 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 eat, I eat a lot of pucks. I play some Boys, defense, you know. Time. Exactly right. I know how to play the angles, right? Keep yeah. everything outside. Keep that. Keep that far side shot out of the question. Take that away. Let you have the shot shot from the outside. Golden. Yeah, uh, yeah. For me, I I use playing out. Just kind of kind of seeing, you know, watching how I'm scoring goalies. Like right now, just even with working with Bob Janels, you know, helping a goalie coach with uh, his camp. Just just kind of seeing, you know, just how goalies are getting scored, the angles and stuff like yep. that. You know, just. Just like the just the little things, you know. At the end of the day, excuse I me. The, the, only, the only the only goalie the only goalie school we talk about here is big game goaltending. I'm just kidding. Bobby does a great <laughs> job with that, but no, it really gives you a different perspective. Yeah, I liked it because it allowed me to see, you know, what the shooter saw or different vantage points on yep. certain plays, and and translated to my game. And that that was one of my favorite things to do in the summer. Uh, is to get out and play a little forward, and, and it truly did help my game. So happy mm-hmm. to see you do that. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. another uh, another thing that really, you know, I kind of added to my, uh, you know, the mental side of the game, going to the hymn and learn how to win, you know, really really bring that competitiveness out on me. Just that mindset, I'm going to do no, anything it takes to win. Nothing else matters yep. during this, the next 60 minutes, you know, just – being completely just, you know, living in the moment during that time, focusing, just focusing on the game and that's it, just nothing else. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, too, that when I asked you about what you're doing away from the rink, you you went straight to, oh, I'm look, trying to play as much hockey as again. That's like a phenomenal answer because we had Owen Power on uh, two weeks ago now. Uh, you know, obviously he was taken first overall by Buffalo. And yeah. when I asked him kind of like that question, you know, Cully asked him, like, what would you, what would Owen Power be doing if he wasn't playing hockey? And he said, I'd just be playing another sport. And, you know, the kid's just dedicated to his craft. And I love hearing that type of answer from you. But you always got to remember, buddy, you still got to be a kid at some point, you know, you know, Putting down the stick is, you know, as bad as it sounds, isn't always a bad idea and just kind of decompressing, you know, just got to remember, you know, yeah. don't always take life too seriously. But I love hearing that answer, man. Just, you know, you love to have fun because that's how my love for the game started, but is in my driveway with my brother yeah. and my cousins. It's, just like it's strap, fun. Strapping yeah. on. Dude, you have no idea what our equipment like was when me and Cully played. The old Mylac uh, plastic pads. Yeah. They were like, you know, foam in the middle. There was, you know, if you yeah. went down in your. I know. You, I you know. Went, you went down in your butterfly. Your knees were scraping, buddy. Scraping. Yeah. Using yeah. a starter jacket for a chest protector. Franklin goalie helmets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Whatever, whatever, whatever you had. Baseball yeah. mitt for a glove. Man, those were the days. I miss those days. Yeah. I, I surely do. I don't have my voice anymore. Well, well, we'll wrap this up. Chase, congrats. It's Thank been you. an honor to work with you. Thank you. I know I've just been – a small piece of a big goalie coach puzzle that that has helped you along the way. And to see you help the younger kids has been really special to watch. Um, you know, at the Tuesday skates, Dwayne Clarkie's the first one to go up to the younger kids and give them tips. So 
Help a click. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. something you, you never see. You don't always see. So great kid. Awesome goalie. Bright future. Can't wait to see what's next. Go kill it in Tri-City. I got a boat on the ice. Take care, boys. How are you? Thanks how are you going to coach? Like, how, how is that going to happen? We'll figure it out. But You'll hey, figure it out. Oh, you gonna, find a way. Are you just going to rip the whistle just the whole find time? Find a way, baby. Hurt, find a way. Are you going to hurt Brooks? I'm just again. Just, you know, like, okay. That's all you can do. <laughs> Get the bag skate. Just bag Seriously, Clarky. Seriously, congrats again. And Thank the work you. is just beginning. I know, I know you already know that, but. Have fun. Enjoy the process, brother. I'll mm -hmm. see you soon, okay? Yeah. All right. Thank Sounds good. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. Thanks for hopping on with us, bud. I know uh, Kelly is going to cut out here now, but uh, really appreciate it. Hope we can have you on again. Hope you had a good time yeah. with us. Yeah, uh, I definitely, definitely did. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. No problem. No, yeah. not a problem, bud. What I, what I do want, one favor I do want to ask, because obviously I have a collection of memorabilia up there. What I don't have is anything with Chase Clark on it. So we're going to have to get something up on that wall, dude, because once I get that studio studio rolling soon, an actual studio, I want something up there. Chase yeah. Clark, autograph. Yeah, I got you with, you know, I got old Wefield Blade jerseys, Buffalo Regals jerseys. Yeah, yeah, give me something. Give me something to put up on that wall. Anything cool. but a anything but a Jonathan Cullen jersey. <laughs> yeah. Just get it. I had to get one more in. Uh, but thanks for joining us, bud. Uh, you know, like I hope we can have you on again sometime. And, uh, you know, go Caps, right? Yeah. Or, you know, go, go Hitman. Actually, you know what I want you to do? I want you to let me know your, your next FHL game. I'm coming to watch. 100% coming tomorrow. to watch. Tomorrow, tomorrow night? Clock. Yeah. It's going to be a busy day tomorrow. I got a 7.30 lesson. Then I'm on the ice again with uh, with um, pro, the you know, just a, a pro ski with Nick Tuzzolino. I think at 11. And then... I'm back to Janos's camp, and then uh, until four o'clock, and then after that, the eight o'clock game. All right, yeah, if I can make it, buddy, I will for sure. Yeah. I, might, I might bring somebody with me, but I definitely want to come watch you play. That sounds great. Appreciate All right, it. bud. Yeah. All right, this has been episode seventy-one of Two Goalies One Mike signing off. We will be back with you next week. Do. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, SayTheDamnScore.com.